There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the Nervous Podcast number 535. Uh, thanks so much if you came out to the shows in Portland you guys were Portlandastic. That is truly one of my favorite cities. Um, the next time I will be performing live will be in July at uh, Comic Con on Friday, July 25th. We're doing At Midnight Live at Baboa Theater, and then the 26th, we're doing Nerdist Podcast Live. So uh, go online. The URL is too long for me to give here. So just search Nurse Podcast SDCC 2014, and you will get the ticket links for it. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by the sci fi film The Signal which explores what happens to a group of college students on a road trip when they are mysteriously lured into the middle of the desert by a hacker. And then stuff goes horribly wrong. Or great! I don't want to spoil anything, but I feel like it probably wouldn't be a movie if everything just went rad. So uh, it stars um, Brendan Thwaites and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, also Olivia Cook and Sarah Clark. The Huffington Post says, The Signal is as imaginative of a sci-fi tale since District 9. Go see The Signal. Uh, trailer and information are at focusfeatures.com slash the underscore signal. That's The Signal, now playing in select theaters. This episode is the Sklar Brothers. I believe this is their three-peat. They've been on three times. They've been on At Midnight a Ton. They are hosting All-Star Celebrity Bowling uh, for AMC, and they did a fantastic job, and at some point in the near future, you will be able to see that. They're promoting their new special, What Are We Talking About?, which is now available on Netflix. Sklar Brothers, Netflix, and then... Stick around, because at the very end of the podcast, a very special guest drops by. Someone who was dropping by so that I could do his podcast. But he's been a guest before, and he's someone that you enjoy. So uh, stick around for the end of the Nerdist Podcast, number 535, with the Sklar Brothers. Now entering Nerdist.com. Yeah, and don't ever say uh, to your wife, um, hey, it seems like Andy Dufresne needs to be sentenced to Shawshank tonight. That's never going to get you in there. No, that's, that's <laughs> no redemption. Well, we're making references, which means the Sklar Brothers must be here. Yes! yes! Welcome! Why, Good to be back. Why does, I'm looking at your notebook or your planner, which has basically got a Chewbacca cover. Um, the that's there it is. The uh, Nerdist podcast guest Chewbacca. Chewbacca, fantastic. Well, I love that Chewbacca doesn't. So he does have the bullet thing around the bandolier. Yeah, the bandolier. Like the bandolier. Have you ever seen him shoot anything? 
Um, he shot a crossbow in one of the movies, but he's never actually shot. So the mass um, he's he's anti gun. He's anti. He is so anti gun. I think Wilkies are anti gun. Yet he still has. So to me, is like he would be the worst. He's person. also anti choice. Oh, no, no, no. oh I'm he's sorry. Anti- Those aren't. That's not a weapon, Bandle. It's just like rave whistles. Yeah, and, right. um, but he and is like anti choice. Necklaces. Did you know that he's he's, a, he's against choice. He's pro life. Well, I'm, I can't vote for him now. I know. Yeah. There's no way we can vote him in But office. I feel like he'd be the worst person to travel with because you'd be like, you don't need that suitcase. No, nope, <laughs> no. Nope. He's like, it's just like the bandolier again. Uh. You know, no, nope, you do not need another sport coat. The one covers everything. Chewbacca wants you to surrender your weapons. <laughs> he also wants you to keep your babies. Is this the type of person you want to see in the council? Uh. <laughs> you might think Chewbacca is the type a guy who doesn't like to have bullets around. Uh-huh. Vote for <laughs> In the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I didn't have a time yeah, for pay, pay for the people who support Fett. I was seeing something on Reddit that was interesting that was, uh, you know, he where I believe it's Han says, I'll see you in hell. Uh, or they reference hell. And uh-huh. So basically the extended universe, they had to create a hell. hell. What, what that universe's version of a hell would be. And it's basically just Cloud City. Yes, <laughs> that's all it is. No, it's, it's Lando Calrissian trying to sell you uh, like a Nissan Sentra at Cloud, Cloud City, City Nissan, which is where he works. What is it going to take for me to get you into this <laughs> fine vehicle right here? Well, you old it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a Nissan Sentra, but it's two <laughs> Nissan Sentras connected yes. by a pod in the middle. Because that's what the cloud, the cloud crew. Yeah, he's like, uh, well, let me take that to my manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are really putting me through the ringer today. You, <laughs> have you grabbed a cup of coffee? <laughs> I'm going to take my cape off for this one. <laughs> you just sit there, little lady. Uh, and I will no, the crazy right. Welcome to Lando Carissian. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Get it. I, I started watching Star started to show Star Wars to my kids. So it's like so amazing to like get them to watch it. They're seven and nine and my almost seven and almost nine. And my she's six still and I showed them uh we watched Empire Strikes Back with a friend of ours mm-hmm. and and their kids. And my six year old uh when Yoda came on for the first time was like, Why does Yoda sound like Fozzie Bear? Oh I see. was like the don't start busting on Frank Oz's character. The guy doesn't have a lot of range. Yeah. Let, let him be who he is. He is who he is. He is who he is. Why is the uh, officer in Trading Places sound like Fozzie Bear? Yeah. Precisely. Same thing. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, I'm sure you showed your six-year-old daughter they Trading Places. Trading Places, places <laughs> and uh, she loved it. She <laughs> no, so, I, yeah, my son hasn't seen it yet, but like because it's so pervasive still with kids and older kids have seen stuff – and Angry Birds, Star Wars, and Star Wars Angry Birds 2, there are two apps that have all the characters and books on it. Liev, my son, knows now that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. guys, come on. Spoiler. Uh, You're going to start some Sklar Wars in uh, here. So he knows that. And I'm like, oh, great. That's, you know. Like the reveal. Like you just, you know now the reveal, so it's going to suck. There's no joy left There's for no him. There's no joy left in this world. So this guest book um, was uh, sent to me. Uh, it, was a, it was a nice present from, uh, from Lucasfilm. They sent it to me, and I brought it to show Jennifer Morrison mm-hmm. um, back in May. I don't know why. I was like, look at my Chewbacca notebook. And I go, I don't know what to do with it. Because I have so many comedy notebooks. I just, I'll just buy notebooks and go, these will be great comedy notebooks and never touch them. Do you still them. write stuff? Do you still write bits down in them? Yeah, although I really, I'm finally, after being, after being, living a digital life for 20 years, I'm finally just now really exploring Evernote as a powerful mm. 
stand-up note-taking Tool. application. Yeah. Mm. Just because of the tagging and the note and the, the sorting and the notebooks and the syncing, the cloud syncing. So it's good, but I, it's hard for me to break the, the notebook habit. So yeah. Jennifer Morrison said, you should make this a guest book. Yes, yeah, so everyone who comes on the podcast signs it And or I wherever. said, you know what? Genius. I'm going to fill this up with names, and then we'll auction it off for charity. I Brilliant. love it. So love it. Jennifer Morrison's in here. Page two is Anthony Bourdain, then Alex nice. Trebek, Mitch Hurwitz, Morgan By the way, Freeman. Anthony Bourdain had no reservations of signing that. No, he didn't. Not, not yeah. one. <laughs> not one. I mean, that was the beauty of it. You were like, will you sign this? He's like, absolutely. And I thought it, maybe not one. A, I thought there would be at least a, well, but not anything. Like, he was, he nope. was, he was way his, in. And his MMA fighting wife chose not to sign it. Nope, she didn't. She, she didn't. wouldn't she do it. How about the fact that Lucas has an MMA fighting daughter? Adopted Step, daughter. Adopted daughter. Stepdaughter or adopted daughter? You mean um, the Corey Hames character from the film Lucas? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That George. character. There's only one. Lu- <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Um, yes. Charlie Sheen. I got Larry King in here. I've got half the cast of The Walking Dead. Here's Tom Cruise. There's Adam Buxton. There's Harley Morrison. Cru- Tom Cruise. Yeah, he was on yesterday. I was bet. Was Larry King... Was he farting as he was writing it out? <laughs> he had a friend who used to, who was a, who was an intern on his set back in the day, and he said that like he ordered the same General So chicken every day, and then he had a heart attack. And, and no, 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 he had our friend's job was to our friend Eric Friedman, who's a very funny no, 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 writer. But you got to say the thing first. He ordered the General So chicken for years and years and years, and then I either had a bypass or a heart attack or something, and then his decision was not to, to not order that. It was like, let me order it and then have one of the interns just pat, pat. it down for 20 minutes. With so a that was his towel. thing was to pat down Larry King's General So Chicken. And as he was patting it down in front of To make it not just, so greasy? He literally so was greasy. dropping like incredible bombs. bombs. Like, yeah. dro- like just <laughs> carpet bombing the woman who was, fu- who was, <laughs> who was doing the sound, like lavalierring him, everybody. Like just, just, just bomb, like, bomb, bomb, laying bomb, wolf bomb, bait bomb. all over the studio. Now, I did not... <laughs> I did not hear any uh, king farts while I was there. <laughs> um, that did not happen. But uh, he. But I was not. I mean, I basically was only out there for the twenty minutes that I was <laughs> he on may the show. Have, he may have been holding it in. He might. <laughs> <laughs> for you, for your benefit. Hey, great to see you, Larry. <laughs> Glad I could finally let that one go. I've been holding on to that one. <laughs> For the last 40 he go, minutes. He goes in his green room and I was just like, well, that's <laughs> And I was like, I didn't know the gi- <laughs> the giant country horns were on the show. <laughs> when he's pooping, do you think he goes, we have another caller. <laughs> Line two. Oh, Line two. <laughs> Line two. Susan in Bensonhurst. <laughs> Here comes... <laughs> General Cornwallis from Asbury. Oh, that was terrible. So anyway, I did not experience any of that. And Thank I really God. hope, you know, I used to work at a Thank country God. club when I was in college. I, I, was a, I, I caddied at a country club near mm-hmm. UCLA. And um, there is a thing with, with, with old men I'm very, you know, afraid of someday, which is they do. They very liberally fart. They don't care where they fart. I don't know if it's that they don't care or they there can't just control isn't anything it. they can do about Maybe it. there's nothing yeah, they can do. I no think control. it's just like li- literally everything in their body, like they, their body knows what's coming soon. It's just like fire sale, everyone out. Right. And so they... Uh, they I wonder if that's... They the do it. They do it. And then 
but no one's supposed like it's not you don't really acknowledge you it. Pretend it so they don't happen. even say excuse me or anything. It's just frap, 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 frap with every step, <laughs> and you're supposed to just not laugh at them. Come on, I just think that wow, is that a, just or a, a blame it on a plane? That's yeah. a lot blame of like blame it on a plane. Let the stars yeah, go. Yeah. May they rest Terrence in peace. Terrence Darby, which uh, no, that was Millie Vanilli. So that was Millie Vanilli. Oh, that was Millie Vanilli. Yeah, Terrence Trent Darby. There was a guy. Terrence Trent Darby was the legitimate Millie Vanilli, and there was a guy who. Uh, created and basically designed golf courses all over the place called Robert Trent Jones. And I always confuse the two. Yeah. On cheap seats, we had, uh, who did it? Dave Allen, Dave Gruber Allen. Mm-hmm. We had him be, he was like a designer of courses. And he, he said, I design my courses like Terrence Trent Jones, Terrence Trent, Dar- whatever the joke was, he was hilarious. I'm well, I, uh, Terrence Trent Darcy is the character from black Bridget Jones. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. Nice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't know if you do. I did not know that. Um, so what are you guys? Uh, is this your third time on the podcast? This, yeah, this is a, I think this is, this is a three peat. Yeah, three peat. Yeah, that's right. That's a sports. We term. did it upstairs in like a in a conference room over around E, and then we did it downstairs in that little studio, and then now uh, here we are. This is number three. Yeah. Oh wow. Thank you for well, welcome, welcome to Thank the ever evolving uh, Nerdist Podcast Studio. Keeps moving where you're working. This that's right. Great. It's mobile. We take it on the road. It's easy. Why can't it be that? I mean, that's the whole. That's the whole point that we're not trying to do. We were a just talking about how you were one of the key people to get us into podcasting. Like when I remember, it was just the beginning. And you were like, we were wondering if we should do it or not. And you were like, I'm selling you on this right now. This was backstage at UCB. You said you have to do it. I remember that. I, I, I told the library, I attacked a lot of people. And were like, you have to do this. No, you were it's just like, you made ever. a very compelling argument. You and Doug Benson and Greg Fitzsimmons, you know, kind of. And Fitzy has been a friend of ours forever, sure. but in a different in a different circle than I feel like you guys. And, and, and so... It was great to hear it from different places of like, oh yeah, we should we should probably do this. And right as we were thinking, yes, we should do this. Ackerman, you know, and it's those the only guys. business it, it, podcasting is. I feel like the, one of the only businesses where you would create more competition by telling your friends you should do this yeah. thing too. Well, because, but, but really, ideally, what you're doing is when you think about it, is it's like music. It's like you know, yes, podcasts take more time, so you don't have unlimited time. But I think to myself, like, oh, I like this band. If someone turns me on to a new band, I can also like that. There's room for me to like lots it's like, of things. It's the same way that there's, you know, it's, there's not two comedians in the world. That's right. There are yeah. tons of comedians in the world, and there's enough room for everyone to be And comedians. I feel like this has changed the game in comedy as much as the comedy album. That's my, uh, that's, that's my running joke with Pete Holmes. Is, uh, he used the term game changer and then immediately recoiled at his use of that term. Yeah. And so I didn't use that term. Let me just be clear. I said change the game. We we. <laughs> let me just. Let I did not say game Very changer. different. I said change the game. It seems like you've seen a lot of press conferences in yes. sports. Uh, yes. I'm not. <laughs> uh, let me just refrain. Let me just make sure that it's clear. But uh, so we are like you know for the longest time I would send we I would take a picture because the term game changer gets used a lot in our yeah. culture. So I, we would always just take pictures of it whenever we'd see it and just send it back and forth to each other. The game name changer. of your bowling ball. It's my name. My bowling ball is oh, a game, game changer. That's your yeah. second bowling ball that you bring. Or is that the first bowling ball? That's the first one. That's the, the second one. one is what? The first, the second one's just a just a like a plastic spare ball, mm-hmm. right? You know, the game changer. Why doesn't that have a name? We need to come up with a name for that. It's called a visible. Okay, because well, it's visible. It's visible because you uh, you can get them to print an image on it. It's not expensive. It's like a hundred bucks to get a, an image printed. So I had like a I had a TARDIS put on one and Nurse logo put on another one. I want to get my own ball. Call it the Death Sklar. The yes. Death Sklar. For real. Well, Just now that we're doing All Star Celebrity Bowling, yes. we've been approached by many bowling companies 
who when I first talked to them about All-Star Bowling, when it was just a, a web show, right. they were like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And then now, oh, well, now TV. everyone wants to talk now about it. everybody wants to talk about so it. So you will get bowling balls if you so desire them. But um, you did an amazing dude. job hosting the pilot, and I was thrilled. There could not, there's just, there's no better entity than you guys to host this show. One sclar for each team. Sure. You know sports, you know hosting, you know comedy. Yeah. There's and we watched no, bowling. No one else has your qualifications. And we watched bowling as kids. We loved bowling. I mean, we, What did you we, like about it? Because everybody who bowled, minus a couple of people who were in shape, uh, looked like <laughs> our father. And so, like, our dad was an out-of-shape guy who bowled. He bowled, and he was just... Like you could see, it was the beauty of the fat. So it's like the Ron Jeremy effect. It yes. is yes. totally the Ron. It's Jeremy. like oh, that he's just a regular guy right. with a giant dick with, a, all with a tripod for a penis. Uh, <laughs> no. Wait, his penis is his own tripod. Or the yeah, penis his is penis the third is its own three things. Oh, that's it's, crazy. Yeah. This is like, like a GoPro. Yeah, like have a GoPro you, with a kickstand. Have you been on uh, Sunset when they have there's a foot clinic with a rotating sign? We used to do a bit about this, but there was a foot. Oh yeah, you know it. You know the foot and the foot. Well, explain what it is. There's two sides to the sign. It rotates. On one side, the foot is healthy. Mm-hmm. On the other side, the foot is sick. And, the, and the, I guess the myth or whatever, the, the come well, to the foot clinic and we can turn you into the good foot. Now, yeah, the foot, or if you drive by and you see and you get the bad foot while you're driving by, then you will get AIDS. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> actually is. <laughs> no, that's, if you just see it. Yeah, no, no. That you don't want to get so the look away. So now, now it's a signborn. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that, that's right at Sunset and like Sparkman, like, like yes. Silver Lake. J- just above that. the details of the foot in its so the state. foot in its sixth state, the foot, first of all, has feet. And, and legs and, and feet. Legs and feet uh, and, and arms. And it's on crutches. I love feet. that the foot has a foot. As, yeah. But, and he's on crutches, but mm. both of the foot's feet are fine, and yeah. he just has a bandage on his head. Yep. Which tells me that this place does not know how to diagnose shit. No, I, no, I don't think that's true. I mean, I don't mean to counterpoint you, but I think, if, I think if your anthropomorphic foot has... Uh, a bandages around its toes, that means it has a headache. Like, its toes are... Right, but head. why is why it, is it on, on crutches? crutches if both his feet are regular fine? feet... His, the foot's well, feet are fine. I know, but he had to stabilize. He was in a terrible accident. He had a concussion. Okay. There was some... You don't their think equilibrium's kind of off because he doesn't issues. have ears. Right. He can't balance... Then, he should, then she Seriously, just have a cane. do you have... Water. Listen, I mean, I don't... You know, because you're kind of foot-shaming right now. We are. But I just feel like... You know, you try to walk when there's one, you know, if you had an ascending order of weight across yeah. your head, okay. you know, where it's like a big toe. Okay, then I would, the let down. me offer this. If okay. it was, if balance was an issue, mm-hmm. he should have been on a cane or a walker. All right. Well, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I feel crutches, like that's very nitpicky. No, crutches are hard. To me, this is the kind of place if he came in with like an eye infection, they'd be like, okay, we're going to need to put a glass <laughs> really catheter funny. in your penis. <laughs> we, should do, we should do and then just secretly film it is I'm, I'm going to make my foot up like that guy and put yes. little arms on it and little bit. John just little and eyes and, and, and its own little feet and going yeah. and go. Can you turn this into the one on the <laughs> yeah. side? This, this, this is I all have a, messed I up. have the same. It's, you don't believe, but I have the same thing that's going on on the sign is happening on my foot. And it also the and other interesting thing. It's a brown foot too. Yeah, it is a brown foot. So you're gonna have to go in brown foot, which so the I other, know people don't. Not like. acceptable. No, but it's. Uh, it Ted seems Danson to me that, found that out the hard Okay, way. so you. So, <laughs> wow, what a reference! But uh, but it seems to me. That two different artists did the healthy foot, and because they looked entirely different. different. Yeah, Yeah. like we got like I'm trying to think who they got to do. We got Andy Warhol to do the sick foot. Keith Haring. What if you take (laughs) your or (laughs) there was some movement to the good foot. Or what if you take a healthy foot and you're like, I know this is weird. I want it to look like the other one. I want you to beat the shit out of my foot. I just just, we want please make it look. I want I want you to have a couple of. 
uh, gang feet come yeah. and take it out back and <laughs> literally kick the shit out of it. Get, you know, <laughs> go call your friend the Clubfoot. Have hey. him come over here and just start oh, knocking I, some people. That's my out. favorite bar, Clubfoot. Clubfoot. Yeah. That's a great bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bar. <laughs> that's where all the feet go to hang out Rip- after. <laughs> Riffapalooza has right. begun. We cannot it's hard stop. not to do this. It's hard, it's not, hard to not to do it on At Midnight whenever we're on with you. It's yeah, like, I will, I will well, that's what that. the show should be. The show should be a big, a big riff pile because the questions are really just jumping off points to get the comics to interact with each other which is genius. I don't think we've ever, I, that show is so fun to do for us I don't think we've ever encountered a show television show where it makes those best use of the things that we feel like we do the best whether or not it comes across that way that's for the public to decide but for us we feel like we walk out of those shows feeling great always and you don't always feel that way on TV I mean we don't no especially when you're especially <clears throat> on a show where you're you're firing off jokes because it's you know, things can be hit or miss, or you just the you know it can the audience can be weird, or you can be weird, and and so you know I, I had a I had a ton of them. I'm like there, there were some there were some Chelsea lately's I would leave, and I would just be like, what, what am I what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, it makes just, you question you know, it. Just like major, I would just whiff a punchline <laughs> or just not connect with the. Uh, with uh, Outer Kardashian, which right. is ultimately right. the, the core of the that. zone of right. that, that audience. Well, that is a specific zone. And anytime you went harder into like a sort of weirder esoteric reference or a joke that, you know, required you, listening. Yeah, that you really, that didn't require a woo response, you were testing the waters. It could go either way. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I ended up feeling super nervous before doing that show a lot and walked out of that show going, Man, I don't know how that. I don't know how that. Uh, they better. You never want to walk away from the show and be like, they better edit that well. Yeah, <laughs> they better edit that right. You but, hope that you hope they will. But the at midnights, I mean, we just They're just such it's a blast. fun from the second we get there. It's, it's. I can't believe how many people are coming out to our shows, being like, I saw you on oh, that. Good, that makes me yeah. happy. Saw yes. you on that. I came out. That's what I this want to happening. happen. I want to. I want to. It there's, should. There's not a lot of stand up on television, or there's not a lot of stand ups doing what they do right. And, but not and then burning also material. Also, because you don't have to burn material. That's right. right. That's the beauty. You could come material. back a month later. And my not show is great. You yeah. guys, you guys, we did it. How's uh, how's Scarbro? Scarbro country is great. We just did. Uh, we just. When did, does this drop? Do we know when this? When does this drop, Katie? Katie, Katie's looking it up. Katie, how come you're not laughing? She's looking at a picture Katie. of that the was a joke from naked. Katie is now numb to any and all comedy and comic energy. June sixteenth. Okay, yeah. so this our thing will already be up. We'll we'll just be up. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll just be up for a little bit. Uh, we just recorded this morning, uh, Will Farrell and uh, Adam, McKay. Adam McKay on right. the show, and we just literally just talked. I mean, that was a riftastic fun time. But that's going to be our, the episode that is nice. up when this thing comes up. So yeah, it was a really good get. Those guys are phenomenal, and together to watch them get each other going, it is like it, it's you you in a second understand why. The Anchorman films are hilarious. You understand that like everything on screen was is the end result of like a two hour riff that got you to that place. Like they're they're just geniuses. Mm-hmm. Geniuses. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good time. So when does that, that that'll be up by the time this that's next Friday? Like that's the up the thirteenth. So or the fourteenth or yeah thirteenth, and then you this thing drops on the sixteenth. So that'll Fairland be up. Alan McKay on Scarborough Country. Yeah, kind of nice. And we did. You know, we had. We had, yeah, we had Jim Rome on the show, which, you know, he was a big influence for us, which for our 200th episode, I can't believe we've done 200 episodes. I mean, we actually, in doing Scalabro County, if you combine all of them together, we've done about 300 and... 
eight episodes wow. thus far. That's our second one we do every week, and that's not sports related. That's just weird stories. Which we have we ever had you on that? We no. got to have you on that. That's it's like weird that I've been on the sports one. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but we got deep into the bowling, which was actually fascinating and really interesting. So what is uh, so what's Jim Rome like? So Rome, interesting, really, really fascinating. He, first of all, he never gives interviews. He never gives interviews. He's not a guy. I've seen him on Letterman when he made the CBS Sports deal, yeah. and he talked for like three minutes or however long a Letterman interview is. Yeah. You know, and Letterman was hilarious, and Rome was great, but like there wasn't this long, in depth. Why did you get into this? What did you do? Like. Were there any bumps along the way? Because it looks to us from the outside or people that like you've built this empire and you just kind of just kept going up and up and up. But he talked about like just at the beginning how his dad and his parents didn't want him to be in this business, how he was doing college radio at uh, UCSB and, you know, college radio. You can work as much as you want. They're not going to pay you. You can work as little as you want. They're not going to pay you. But like if you want to get good in the Malcolm Gladwellian sense and take your (laughs) 10,000 hours. But if you want to get them, you can get them. You can get good there. And so he really wanted to do it, but his grades were suffering. And his dad said, you got to fucking quit this shit. you got to quit this now. And he, it was just great to hear those stories and this whole story about how he had beef with Charles Barkley and then it almost came to blows in a Vegas restaurant. These are great cool. stories. Okay, yeah, so, cool. so that's kind of interesting. Like, I don't <clears throat> like wanting to go to blows with, with Charles Barkley, yeah. who may or may not be a good fighter, but he's a fucking big guy. He's a giant guy. Who was the guy who just tried to hit... <clears throat> Who was the? It's basically a hip hop guy and a and a fighter. Ooh, someone tried to hit like Floyd Mayweather Jr. Yes. Who was the hip? Wasn't it like Ti or someone? I don't. I, I I did not hear that story. I I did see the Bieber racist joke, and then Floyd Mayweather stepping up and saying that Bieber's a good guy. Like uh, like I'm a black guy who says Bieber's okay. I saw that. That was fascinating to see that to see the Bieber's in that camp because for and, us, yeah, I mean the last the last time which I, Ti doesn't that stand for too much information? No, I thought it's it for Treasure Island. Oh, uh, no. Treasure Island. That's right. <laughs> I thought it stands for Temple Israel, which is the <laughs> synagogue. <laughs> <of the Alabama>. <laughs> <laughs> Temple Israel tried to punch Floyd Mayweather. Yes. It was ridiculous. That's incredible. On Shavuos, uh, how dare they? <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, yeah, no, our, our, we love, I mean, Justin Bieber, take him or leave him, but you cannot deny that he was amazing in Boys Don't Cry. He was incredible. Um, when he played a young Hillary Swank to understand, to be a woman, like trying to, trying to be, trying to be a masculine, masculine when you're just feminine and no amazing. one understands it. <laughs> Boys Don't Cry. He, uh, yeah, that, that that whole thing, you're kind of like I'm watching that. Just you're watching him unfold, just unfold in yeah, front of Yeah, I mean, our I don't think eyes. I don't think it's a surprise. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. I mean, I, I guess you know, at the end of the day, the kids who survive that superstardom teen era mm-hmm. have great parents. They have great parents, or they believe in Jesus. I mean, we met the we met the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I know, but but I thought uh, I thought uh, Jay Beebs b- believes in the Lord, and he, Jay Beebs does not, not believe, believe in the Lord. In the For the longest time, though, I thought he was. Uh, I he's thought not he leading was, a very Christian lifestyle. Mm. I thought he was. <laughs> he's kind of like we met the Jonas Brothers, and they were very into the Lord, and then they, and they were very cool. Actually, the Jonas Brothers were super nice, and you're like, oh, you guys are just like, you know, you guys are fine. They, they actually were like. Understood who they were. You, surprisingly, I bet Hanson was pretty cool too. Yeah, that Hanson, super cool. Met, met him on the them. same night. Met on the same night. Hanson does a thing where they get musicians together 
and they go out and do oh, like a retreat. Like yeah. out of we the call it Hanson Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go to Hanson Camp? If you guys don't finish all your peas, you are not going to Hanson Camp. Okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a mashup. I'm gonna do a mashup on a mashup. So I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do Marilyn Hanson, Marilyn which Hansen is basically Camp. I want to do like sort of doth goth gothy versions of Bob. Yeah, there you go. I would. <laughs> Marilyn Manson, though he has he has gone. He he friends met, of ours met him on a plane, and he would not stop talking. Like it was one of those things where you're like, I, I had other... met him on a plane and not on the set of Talking Dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sweet Jesus, why does he call you all the time? No, no, no. He uh, was fine. It was it was it was the most talked about episode we've ever done. Is that he came on and was. Uh, uh, it was, Marilyn Mansony. It was different. It was different for the, for the yeah. show. It's it fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it was fine. You're yeah. being diplomatic. Yeah, but, no, uh, it's yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I mean, fine. was he? The higher your voice goes, the less we, the less I believe everything about. you say. I don't know. I mean, I feel like ask, I'm pretty... ask me how her one woman show was. How was her one woman show? It's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How was Marilyn Manson on your show? What? <laughs> Ask what? me how Will Ferrell was on our podcast. How was Will Ferrell on your podcast? Really good. good. Oh, it's nice. Good. Really, really good. You go down. You just go down, and then it's real. You know, you, you feel it in your nuts. You That's when you know it. that, like, you kind of you're, you're not hiding anything. <laughs> That's the lie to test. I, I, well, that, there's that litmus test, and then there's also how you can determine in any moment how you feel about someone by retelling something that they said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, mm-hmm. if you're like. So Kyle was all like, "I gotta go out and get some sodas." <laughs> you're like, "Oh, you must not like Kyle very much." Yeah. But if you if you're like, Ky- you know, Kyle was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go grab some things." Yeah. Like, then you, oh, you like him. Yeah, you respect him. That is him. an immediate test. Anytime. For- yeah, that's exactly the way people personify their friends through retelling of the story. Yeah. that's a great. Done. Katie was like, "I'm gonna look this thing up now." Yeah. I like Colin Kaepernick. Do I? I like that bit. Do I? I, like I don't I like think I do. Idea. No, I don't you think should, I do. You should do that. Shit, yeah, I need all the material I can get. Shit, I should write this, this down. Point, you this really point. should. How do you write? How are you writing? Kyle's going to write that down. Yeah. Oh, Chris is going to write that down. What? Oh, if you only have 300 pages. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, everybody's talking like that. Uh, how are you? So anyway, tell me about your family. <laughs> Worst host ever. <laughs> That's his like way that he hosts a show. My dad just passed away. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Why would you? So what? <laughs> Weird. Use that voice. Guys, I can't stop. It's stuck. So sad for you. Somebody help me. Uh, That's you should really not be. Look at all the pussy, guys. Uh, No, please. You're never gonna get any of that one. Stop. What? Wait, are you (laughs) talking about pussy? Not even one. Right after your dad, I'm gonna get one pussy. First of all, if you're referring to it as one pussy, (laughs) I look. I just want a pussy. I need a pussy. Can 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 this brother please get a pussy up in this place? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. How are you? How do you write your material these days? With like having to create so much stuff on for stage. Some... I write on stage. I, I, I um. Oh, you well, do. Well, we did that wonderful show with you. Beta test. Yes. So I write. I, I, I write. Um. What a great show. I'll sort of take notes throughout the week, and then we'll. I'll do the beta test show at Meltdown, and then. Just stumble through it. Just see how it comes out. Like, is I this something? Is this something? And you got to yeah, live your life too. I don't write word for word because it's too much. Like memorizing a script for me, yeah. and I can't, and and I feel like when I get too caught up in trying to memorize words, then it it becomes too much about that instead of the just point. finding the the comedy part. So I just make a list of like here's a thing, and then bullet points, and here's some examples of that, and then maybe a way to, and then I just start talking, which has been a much more fun way to write because I used to write like 
really where, write it out. Where's the big turn at the end? And right. I don't now. I just sort of find it with the audience, and and it's it's better that for me it's better that way. Well, you can go. It, it forces you. I mean, because the other way you can go and do a ton of work and then it not work. You know what I mean? You've gone way down that, that road. Oh, yeah. yeah, overwritten is not good. Do Although, you, how do you? Is that how you're doing? We try and say like, all right. We try and live our lives. I remember Patton said this, and this was so great. After he had done a special, I was like, so what are you going to go on? Are you going to go back on stage soon? He said, no. I gotta, he's like, I'm not going to get on a stage for six months. I got to go live my life and live and, and start to accrue experiences that then can either, you know, I'm not looking for it, but I have to live my life, and that's a great thing. So in our lives, we try and say, come to the table. And again, it's hard for us because we're doing the podcast. We're doing a million different things to then say – all right, now we got to take some dedicated time to actually write some material. So we are like, all right, this happened. Is there something in this? Is there something here? And we'll bat around with each other. And you got, you guys also have you're you're a constant sounding board for each other, That's which right. is so fantastic. And is- we have to, and we have we see. Okay, so our special just came out on Netflix. It was on. It's on. Uh, it just came out April twenty fifth. Okay, our one hour special, and we had the this date on the books to go to Chicago the same weekend we were there last year and a year, you know, we didn't want to do the same show. Basically they saw the special, which just came out. Yeah. So we're like, we need to come up with new material. You we, have to, you we have to. have to go because we know there'll be some people, repeat people who were there. We got to come year. with at least 20 to 30 new minutes of material, whatever Agreed. we can do. I think that's fair. That's hard. I mean, it's not as easy for us, you know, because when we come up with a concept, it can be a good concept, but if it doesn't involve the two of us, it get, sometimes gets discarded. Or if we can't figure out the twist and the turn is how do we take what an individual experience that maybe happened to me, how do we then turn that into a bit that both of us can do? How do we then make it? You guys don't have one hive mind? I thought that's We don't have one hive mind. No, we, we plug don't. right into It's like it's one... the cloud. It, we put we all cloud. we should put all of our comedy on the cloud and file sharing. You're not like Tomas and Samot from no. GI Joe, where no. one of you gets cut and the other one feels it. No, no, no. we are not. It's too bad. Like that. Figure. We Why aren't we like that? Because I lost ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. You ten lose bucks that. down the toilet. I just, <laughs> I just cut, I just cut Jason. He's like, God damn it! No, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just, he just bleeds. Yeah, I'm not feeling Randy's anything. Fine. Guys. I feel nothing. Randy's I feel totally like do fine. something else to him. Yeah. Oh, you're hurting me over here. Hit him in the foot. Anyway. Oh, I don't want to break his foot crutches. Foot clinic. <laughs> His foot needs crutches. <laughs> no, but we come up with it and we say, okay, well, well, this is something that happened to me. And 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 sometimes things completely, you know, I think there this happened and I think this is really funny. And you tell it to a few people if it's not getting the reaction that you want. We usually tell it to like a few people that we trust and 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 also some unsuspecting people because if you, there's genuine laughs. You know, you kind of like, all right, well, maybe there's something here. Maybe let's take this to the stage. I'm and- so bad at working stuff into I, – I, I can't – Conversation. I'm not – I'm just not able to do it because I'm just so awkward with it. Like, hey, how's everything going? You guys have been good. What's the deal with the shower radio? Exactly. <laughs> you know how when you're retelling a story <laughs> and you use someone's voice and you're like, uh, rrr, 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 I do rrr. think that that's funny, and I do think that that's a bit. That's a thing. That's definitely. Right. But like we, I, I mean, this is something that maybe will never make its way. But I think it's, I think it's funny. But am I only my? And Jay does. I can sense that he doesn't think it's funny. So I started, I can't believe I started doing this, but a friend of ours was doing this and I was like, man, I just need to relax a little bit. And so I decided to start meditating and I've never meditated in my life. And I figured to take 20 minutes out in the morning before I get going with the kids and 20 minutes in the afternoon at some point to just sit and think Mm -hmm. and not do anything, do not be plugged in in anything might be a good thing for me. I don't know, but I think it probably... He can text though while he does it. I do. All he can do is text Check all my emails. That's not really meditating. That's not meditating. 
meditating? Emails and text, but those are the only two things. My mantra okay, is a lot. That's a do lot. Do you know my mantra? Empty your mind of everything. My mantra is the sound of an email going out. It's just like, <laughs> okay. Which, by the way, we want to put back in in movies. That like, I just want to do that. I just want a shot of Gandhi from really far away, sitting in the desert, cross legged, and you just hear. Oh, he's really meditating. Yeah, no, he just sent an email. No, so I was met, and so I kind of did it based because my kids wanted to maybe try it too, and I thought, you know what? And Jay can attest to this. Kids today are just completely dialed into. It's hard to break them away from electric electronic stuff. It's really, really hard. Yeah. And so to get kids thinking again for even just ten minutes in the morning, ten minutes night, it's. It's. I think it's a positive thing. So they were getting there. There's a whole ceremony that goes. You're not actually trying to argue for meditation as a good thing are you yeah because like <laughs> chris is like you gotta have to sell me harder on that <laughs> i don't know yeah. if i can get on this mindfulness so far bullshit. it sounds like you're just trying to get everyone to leave you alone so you yeah. can answer emails <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that's gotta, just what i would not call meditation right, just so. rolling emails okay. so they th- there was just a great moment where my kids were exactly who they were but in a really serious moment where you know, you get your, you go through this whole ceremony and there's like flowers being dipped in water and rice put on a little napkin and like brown sugar or whatever. Like there's a whole, you're, it's chanting in Sanskrit and it's a whole thing. And then you receive your mantra, which is really doesn't mean anything. It's just a sound that you just return back to and it's whatever. It, there is no meaning to it whatsoever. I'm still like, I'm really new to it. So I can't say I'm a hundred percent like sold on it, but it has been really good thus far. So my kids both got there, went through the ceremony where they were going to get their mantra. And it's like really, it's a serious thing. And my wife and I are standing off to the side and there's the guy who's kind of going through it, the master guy who's kind of going through it and is going to give them their mantras. And he, you were, the kids are supposed to hold a flower to like, as they witness this whole ceremony being done. And I look over and my kids are beating the shit out of each other with the flower, the ceremonial <laughs> flowers as this thing is happening. I'm like, please. I was like, do, I literally had to say, do not hit your sister with the ceremonial flower as she's about to receive her mantra. How many times have I told you that? Yes. Did the mantra figure into that somehow? It, I wish. But like, I could not stop laughing. Actually, I watched that moment and I was like, holy, this, this is my fucking kids. Like all the, all the, this is them in all of their true glory right they're here. They're hilarious. Because they're really funny, but they were like doing that. I was like this is hilarious that's their mantra so I started laughing my wife started laughing it was like the Carol Burnett show the guy who's like doing the thing started laughing the kids started laughing and I was like I guess this is the point Harvey Corman the was there for- Harvey Corman yeah, was there yeah. Tim Tim Conway he was on his knees on his, yeah. on his knees yeah. Dorf. oh yeah Dorf on Meditation Dorf on Meditation which is yeah. one of my favorite ones yeah <laughs> Dorf on <laughs> was Vincent Schiavelli there helping him no. out yes. Dorf on Mantras uh, so anyway so we'll see how it goes but it was really it, it so was you want to make this into a bit I don't know if it is I don't think it is do you think the meditation part is a bit or do you think I don't know we'll or do see. you think your kids hitting each other with the flowers I mean there's definitely a story there I think my kids hitting each other with the flowers but maybe but my point is that I would brought that up and I told that story to a few people and it's gotten basically the response it's somewhat tepid and whoever's listening is probably going to be like it's not that funny thing about you guys is that I don't think I've ever heard you really disagree on stage right you constantly yes and each other right which is true which is so funny because we were talking to Mike Kaplan and gagging around about how it, what if Randy was like I think we should disagree like, like about meditation i think we should disagree on stage more and i was like i completely disagree i think we should only agree and i'm like no no no. we need to disagree she laughed she laughed, ah, she laughed at that <laughs> and i mean she laughed at that. <laughs> we gotta... so yeah so it just becomes an argument about agreeing or disagreeing on stage i think well, it's okay so okay so and this bit could be an example of it here's it yeah so i think the way to structure that is as uh, just as an unsolicited please, suggestion please. is you start you, like you sort of op- you could open it up and talking about how you realize that you agree on everything, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and then or or 
or you could start with the meditation thing mm-hmm. and you know for once I really don't agree and then you start debating meditation a little bit and that can spin you into we think, like whether or not you agree on, uh, we should on agree stuff. on everything I think we should debate on whether or not he should tell the meditation story <laughs> so I think it's more of like I want to tell this story and I'm like I don't think you should but then do you're going to have to tell the story if you set that up right yeah. which you can tell if some of it if it doesn't go well then he's like he wins I'm right. that's right he sets it up then I'm he wins I'm prepared to let the audience so basically, decide so you have if a 50-50 chance well basically if it fails he wins if it's funny I win and we get and there's could be a fun, it could be a fun space to go into. We should maybe. try that. We that's, should try that. That's really funny. And but then so maybe that, you should and then you should go into meditation. Right. Yes. During during <laughs> the set, I'm gonna do a guided meditation. Yeah. Just yeah. goes, Randy. What are you doing? I just need 20 minutes. No, it'd be great. <laughs> it would be great to like have to come over the loudspeaker. Somebody take us through a guided meditation, yeah, like a brief be. guided like, <laughs> meditation. But it, that'd yeah, be hilarious. Sure. Add more components to our comedy. Yes. Or, uh, or you. <laughs> Add sound and then a dog with an engagement sound ring cues, on his collar. Yes, yes. And, then, uh, yeah. and then a banner comes down. But you could try to, you know, be kind of. I mean, this this is kind of getting a little vaudevillian. But after you go through all this argument, all this agreement and stuff, you could convince uh, you could convince Jay to basically do the meditation. And so you start trying to guide him through it, and then he it's just basically all the questions that he's asking and interrupting you and trying right. to, Maybe. and then trying to get to the actual. So you could then also add the element of then acting it out. Yes, I do think it's funny to set up. Med- Meditation, how you're building this space, but then all the things that you do do during it, like that you are able and allowed to do within yeah. this meditation. Uh, that you at, like, I say that I'm new to meditation, and you're just asking me a bunch of questions. I'm not ordained to do this, and you're just asking me a bunch of questions. <laughs> so, so, but can you do? Yeah, and I'm like, I think so. I don't know. I think you can. It's like, okay. can you? I'm not you ordained. Watch, I don't can, think I'm ordained. Can you watch TV? Can you watch TV while you're meditating? I think you can. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not ordained, and I don't know. But can yeah. you sleep while you're meditating? Yep. Can you do I it like that? Because I, I could meditate from like still two to three are. in the morning. Yeah. It depends how still you are. So if you're not meditating, I don't know. Who knows? But my point being that that's, that happened to me in my life, and that just happened this past weekend, this whole thing. And I started by – it was funny in the moment, and we were cracking up. And I told my mom and uh, our mom, and, and she laughed, and she thought it was really funny. And told a couple other people, and they thought it was funny. And I'm like, I think this is funny. And I started telling Jay, and Jay's like – I could tell he didn't think it was that funny. So I, whatever. The point is that you bring that up and that may get swatted away. But I mean, then on the, on the complete opposite tip, like I was, <laughs> there's, I was walking my dog and, and, and this developed into so much more, but I was walking my dog in our neighborhood and he, there's like a older Asian couple and they're really sweet and they're really cool and they have a little dog and they always give them like meat treats out of their fanny packs which is so Asian and uh, and so <laughs> shabu shabu right so and and my dog started playing with their dog but and then they would give my dog a meat treat just because they're super sweet people now my dog doesn't even play with them he just goes right up to him and waits for a meat treat which oh. is fine but I was walking home after walking my kids to school and I'm going up the hill and the dog knows the route the dog leads me on the route he knows he's really smart he knows exactly where to go and I start to go up the hill, and then the dog like takes off across the street in a route that we never go. I'm like, what's he doing? And he is making a beeline towards a different older Asian man in my neighborhood. Oh, no. And he sits down and he waits for a treat. Your dog recognizes Asians. He's, and racist. the guy was wearing sunglasses. <laughs> He's, that's incredible that he even understood. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, that is dog it, racism. That's dog racism. And so that happened to me. <laughs> it's, dog, it's dog profiling. Racial profiling, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's less, I was like, it's not like German Shepherd in the 1960s dog racism. No, but it, it, it is dog racism. racism. He, went back, he went back to the other dogs and he was like, and they all carry meat. meat. Yeah. And so the, racist. Yeah. So that happened to me, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is." I was mortified, and then we were like, "Well, what's the?" 
that experience happened to me. How do we then bring that on stage? And, and Jay then comes in, and what we've developed is that if you want to correct dog behavior, you have to do it in the moment or else the dog doesn't know what it did of wrong. Of course. So Randy having to correct his dog's behavior in front of this older Asian man digs him into a deeper racist hole. So I sound like a racist <laughs> when I'm telling the dog not to assume that every older Asian man in my neighborhood is nice. Yeah, not remember. everyone's nice. Remember World War II? World War II happened. But it is really, it is, it is really funny. But then it got us thinking, there was another bit that we were talking about, and my kids again started asking me for a cat. They want a cat for some reason, and I'm like, I do not want a cat. We've never had a cat in our lives. And it sparked us into this whole other thing, and we started to write this other bit just about how cat people – there are people who own cats, and then there are cat people. There are the people, <laughs> Cat people are very different than people who own cats. Let's make a distinction there, but cat people cannot uh, have a conversation without at least at some point narrating what the cat is doing, no matter how, <laughs> no matter how serious the conversation is. So, so this like, is one of our most fun new bits to do because yeah. it's just a long – Just like, so what happened to your dad? Oh, my dad is really sick. Yeah, my dad is – It's. I mean – they're, they're saying six weeks and then he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a, oh, my God. Holden is in the hamper right now. Yeah, right. He's up in the hamper and he's moving his paws around, you know, like a dog would do. No, he is like a dog. A dog. He's, he's seriously a dog. like a dog. He's he is a dog. dog. He's, he's a, a dog. dog. So what's going to happen? <laughs> so they're going to pull the plug. They're going to pull the plug on your dad? They want me to pull the they plug. They want you to pull the plug on your own dad. The plug that does my not own dad. seem. And I have so many things I want to say to him. And there's so many. Oh, my God. Holden is on the counter the way a baby would get on a Babies counter and bat around like a little no, bottle cap. baby would never like a baby be on would a counter. Bat around like a, no, like a, he's never a dog on. who thinks he's a person. No. It's a dog person. Yeah, so anyway, so like, but again, Holden is such a douchey <laughs> name for a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have called him Caulfield. But, uh, <laughs> his arms are in a t-shirt. Now, so like, again, so those things we took to Chicago. I mean, what was so great is that we took those to Chicago and we sort of on stage worked those through. Can I get? Can I just pitch something? Yes. Oh my god. So then, um, yeah, it's really. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do. I mean, he's. You know, we never really got a chance to say goodbye. Oh, Holden's trying to work the knob. He's trying to get out, but Holden's not going anywhere, is he? Holden's not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. No, the way it ended is that, like, I say, like, so what? I mean, how is he? How does- oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, he's on his back. Oh, he looks like he's dead. Your dad looks like he's dead. No, Holden. I taught him to go on his <laughs> oh, back like a dog. He can do a dog trick. Yeah, Holden dead. can do a dog he trick. Can play dead. Uh, Sorry. I mean, so you in Chicago? Yes. No, but just just playing those things out. On, so we kind of took those and played them out. And so really, something that happens in one of our lives or both of us. If it happens to both of us, great. Or if it's an observation that we make for both of us, great. But if it happens in our lives, then we're like, how can we then convert this into? So then it becomes the conversation of the guy. The way it works great for us in a two-person act is like, okay. I mean, you understand, having been part of a team before as well, that sure. like there needs to be a reason. How can we then bump whatever this concept uh, is into like a two-person a scene or, you know, how do we do it? And that's that's what we've been trying to crack for years and years and years and who knows if we ever got it. You know, Bob Newhart lacked a twin. He did. <laughs> Someone who could be on the other end of the phone. <laughs> that was his mastery. That was his genius. He was one half a sclar. He was one half a sclar. Bob Newhart, and yet I feel like we have one half of his talent. Uh, he was so unbelievable in those those phone conversations and what he didn't say, what he played in the margins were uh, just so classic. I, I just, we I listen to his old stuff and I'm like, it's just genius. He... Um, 
I interviewed. Have you done it? You, you interviewed him? He's never been on the podcast, but I interviewed him for Wired. I talked to a bunch of comics and he would be about great the writing process. I wish I wish he would. I thought he was for a minute. I thought he was going to be able to do. He was going to do is it. But he in L.A. Is he still or is he in Vegas? Uh, he's in L.A. L.A. Um, He'd be a good get. Uh, if you went Rickles. to his house, I bet you could get him and Rickles together because they're that would be a the hell couples of a are Rickles very close not friends. Like talking about comedy. But you don't have to talk about comedy. Just let the two of them talk together. They're because they're buddies and they travel together and stuff. Talk about their lives, what it means to be friends with another couple. You know what's funny is I met I met Rickles at uh, at a party, and he was sitting in a chair, and someone introduced me as a comedian, and his eyes kind of lit up, and he he started talking to me about he started talking to me about comedy, yeah, and sort of pulled me down. So I was down on my knees, just listening to him, just talk about jokes and how to win an audience over and how and all these things. And I left, and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't fucking record that conversation. So I said, I think it was, um, I think it was at Craig Ferguson's house. And so I said to Craig, like, Craig, I got to go on the podcast. He'd be great. Yeah. And Ferguson was like, Oh, he doesn't like talking about comedy. And I go, He just he talked just about comedy it. for like 20 minutes. Uh, you see, really basing all of this on Craig Ferguson, kind of fucking with you. Okay, well, I, don't know. Maybe was, I don't know. Maybe I, you got to get him. But him and, and then and then Newhart. But Newhart said that the way that he wrote, the way that he writes, mm-hmm. is that he writes a series of bailout points. So mm. those conversations will have a series of bailout points so that oh, yeah. they're like mini, you know, mini... Um, you can end the bit wherever. At wherever. If it's going well, you keep it going. If it doesn't, yeah. we do that all the time, too. Yeah. It's like pole position, basically. Yeah, the game right. pole position is <laughs> yes, like, checkpoint, yes, checkpoint, yes. checkpoint, checkpoint. Checkpoint, checkpoint, yeah. checkpoint. You yeah. can pull I out at any point. I don't, I don't do that because I just sort of like, well, it's, I might as well just get through the, you know... We, you know, I, as we create more and we try and lean more on creating... Improv- improvised moments on stage that can be real. We do, I think, subconsciously create those bailout points and wherever it is, wherever like, it's doing, all right, if this is a good place to end it, we'll end it right here. But if we can keep going, it really depends on how good the audience is. I mean, my the, the best part about creating on stage is when it's going well. And this is what people kind of, I feel like people who aren't trained to watch comedy don't understand is like the best moments in the world and the ones in which you are as, like we created a whole section to a bit that we had been doing this past weekend through while people were laughing. So people are laughing at the bit and you're on stage thinking of the next thing. Your mind is just like yeah, yeah, racing there's, there's in that, that moment. That, you go cold after the laugh. You suddenly are like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's that it, I, I've been saying to this, I've been saying this to audiences um, who come out to the at midnight show, you know, you can't, you have a small job as an audience, which is that you need to, because it is a relationship. It's not, I think totally. some people think that it's, oh, someone just talks to me. No, it's a relationship you're creating. So you as an audience, it doesn't do anyone a service to have you um, show up and basically say, uh, like, fold your arms and go, you better fucking make me laugh. I always go, no, 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 no. You fucking make me funny. Yeah. Because if you laugh, I will open up more and I will feed on your joy. But you've been to those shows here in L.A. where yeah. there is like a comedy crowd of people who maybe don't, who haven't been out as seeing comedy to understand that rolling laughs is where some of the best stuff kind of finds but, itself. But, you know, like, I, I mean, again, I, I only put like, I, I'd say I'd put like 10 or 15% of the responsibility on showing an audience. Obviously, you as a comic have to bring it you have and have to, to make it. them laugh. Yes. But, you have to bring it. but those moments where, I mean, there's where you're connected with the audience and you just... Your molecules are vibrating, and you know that everything that's coming out of your mouth is just is on point, and and it's right, it's going to connect. Like that's such a great. And feel. each show is different. I mean, we have to have the energy. So there's so much energy going on because there's energy between us. There's energy between each of us and the audience, and then collectively as a unit and the audience. So there's a lot of stuff swirling around. 
our first show Saturday night in Chicago this past weekend. That was the pinnacle of all this stuff that we have been doing. All the new stuff. Every seat taken. Everybody was up for it. The crowd was right there. We were right there on it. As as much as they were laughing, we were finding new moments in everything. And then the Late Show was good. Late Show was good. I mean, I feel like if you went to Late Show and didn't see the first show, you'd be like, that was great. But you guys knew the difference. We knew. We felt that, like, we didn't recreate what we did you know, an hour earlier yeah. on this stage. And it is, it makes you really appreciate it because once it's done, that, that thing is over. You throw that's gone. So now you've got to move on to the next. It's thing. a sports analogy for you it guys. No, thing. but I have a sports well, analogy you for it. you guys, which is this. Uh, if you're playing golf, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can shoot, let's say you, you know, you shoot, you can shoot 78, right? Mm-hmm. But you really slogged through it and you re- it just took a lot of work, mm-hmm. but you, you hit the 78 or, Normally, you shoot maybe 74, 75, so just three strokes, mm-hmm. and, but everything was just fluid, mm-hmm. and then you feel like it was that much more amazing as opposed to the, yeah, the other one was okay, but boy, it was a lot of work. That's as sportsy of a reference. Uh, but I would argue, because we do play, both of us do play golf, that uh, the attitude, and this is kind of the attitude we have about comedy, is you, you know, put the last shot behind you. You, you. you either put the last shot behind you, but at the same time, if... Maybe you didn't score well at the end, but if you hit a lot of great shots and you were feeling good about how it was, how you were hitting, or you were trying a new club or trying a new distance on something, you can feel you can there you can find ways to feel good about. Well, your that's set. the difference between judging yourself on score versus process. Right, that's right. true. Score versus process. It's much better to judge yourself on process <laughs> than well, score because well, score you can't always control because it's, there are elements. We often tell people it's like summoning Everest. Doing comedy, comedy is like summoning Everest because. All exactly the same. Yes, all conditions could be perfect, and you can still die. All conditions, <laughs> like a tiny plume, like Except, you get a tiny plume of a bachelorette party you know, coming the, the in, and then you're is, I'm not going to be in Denver at the Comedy Works, and off to the side of the club, see your frozen dead yes, bodies. Right. Hey, those the are the, the legs. Stage. Those are the legs of a New Zealand guide over there, <laughs> yeah. just sticking out of that chair. Oh, the Sklar brothers died here back in '97. Uh, Remember when Beck, Beck Weathers lost his nose at an open mic? <laughs> yes, Sukanamba had to bring him in. Has anything? Have you seen anything? Uh, have you seen anything super crazy lately uh, in, on in, stage? Like, in, have your audiences been pretty cool? Audiences have been really cool. I mean, we we did a thing. This was great. We did a thing in uh, <laughs> again our our thing. If you're doing that's like a non traditional stand up, we did a thing in Omaha that we hosted for a friend of ours where Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. So, MVP of the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And in our and opinion, probably the funniest athlete to ever host Saturday Night Live. The funniest athlete. The United Way commercial bit that he did where he was basically taking football. She's laughing again. Taking footballs. And whipping and, them at children. <laughs> just whipping them as hard as he can. And he was like, he so like, and on stage. So we performed in front of him and in front of 1,200 people. And it was, it was a blast. It was really cool. But we were nervous. I, I mean, as the guy was introducing us, and we were sitting on the dais in front of 1,200 people in Omaha. And Round were, tables, they're eating. eating. So, so a few of people, like every table has people whose backs are to us because they're eating, which is never a good setup for comedy, as yeah. Todd Glass will tell you. Uh, and so they're eating, and we're like, Jay, I looked over at Jay and at the dais. I'm like, this could go south. Uh, this could be terrible. Or it could be great. You never know. We got up there and we just felt ourselves. And in the moment, we we started with a few things, and then it was it wound up being great. And it wound up being far better than we'd ever expected. We just lowered everyone's expectations. I remember going to lunch with everybody that day who was on the organizing thing. We're like, listen, 
this may not work. Just, just, just everybody keep your expectations in line here because right. it actually it's not really the design for comedy, but it wound up being amazing. And then Peyton gave like a forty-five minute speech, and then we stood up from where we were on the dais and interviewed him in front of everybody the way we would on a podcast, the way we would in like an intimate interview in front of everybody. And there were so many funny moments and so many great things. He talked about the moments of like being on that shoot where he was whipping Nerf balls. Saturday Night Live. Live, And he talked about how like some of the stage parents were like such bad stage parents. They came up to me and they're like, you know, you can throw it harder at my kid's (laughs) (laughs) face. Giving him no, don't go easy. Like let you go down. You go down when he hits you. I was like, and I asked him, I was like, you're ever the perfectionist because he really is. And he's the master at studying like game film to get better and whatnot. I was like, did you look at like the dailies or the rushes from that shoot and just critique your performance? Critique your performance anytime the next time you're at a schoolyard and throwing bullets at kids. <laughs> like, did you say like, I could have I could have dropped back and, and, and thrown a little bit more of a, a an angled pass at that kid's head. So you still, you know, it's because... You, st- you still get nervous a little bit sometimes. We do a lot in certain situations. And, and you know, we've done it enough that we know, all right, this is what we do. And if it doesn't go exactly the way we want it to go, then so be it. But is there ever one of you who's more – because it's not – I'm sure you don't really bomb anymore. Not, I mean, like, that sort of – at a certain point, that gets unless fewer and far like between. A, unless it's a corporate scenario or something where right. you're like, this, this – But this, you have um, – but I, I'm sure you have shows that you're not as thrilled about. Yes. So do you does blame one does one what do you blame each other? Or does one of you like, hey, it's okay, and then the one's like, no, it's all gonna burn? Or yeah. are you or do I you both we, are you both of the same? We constantly vacillate. You know, sometimes you feel like, well, what are we doing? You know, and it could be a lot of things. You could have read a number of comments, and we were talking right before this show. But you talk like a number of comments on like the Netflix page about mm-hmm. your special about your special. Could you know, with a special out, and then. The crazy thing is you do the stand-up special so long ago, you edit it, you put it together, and then you start creating so much distance between what you did creatively and then what people think of it. So people start telling you what they think about it, and you know you don't, you just lose perspective. You start to read reviews of what people write, and you're like – Some, some of, of it are constructive. Some, some are like, you know, I wish you guys did more of this or this wasn't up to par with this. So they're like – it's not a bad review, and we take that to heart. We do like listen to it, but then you can't start to be able to decipher what's real and what's ridiculous. Sure. So you start reading, it and you're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe Randy and I should fuck each other and die. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's constructive criticism. I don't know. It's, maybe that'll make the comedy better. I, I don't. I honestly don't. Know. Start to really entertain everything, but uh, so what, you know, what would be really funny is so someone would say to you like, you should fuck each other and die, and then you're like. Hey, they really hurt my feelings. They'll go, what? You can't take criticism? Yeah. Like, no, trying you to help. told me to fuck my brother and <laughs> die. No, I'm nope. just trying to help. Uh, trying you know, to you help. don't want to listen to help? Fine. Whatever. You don't want to listen. Thicken up the skin. Sorry for the all caps. Thicken yeah. it up. Sorry, dude. Yeah, whatever, bro. And you know, the voice we're giving this guy. Shows I, the voice we're giving this guy. We don't like him. We don't like him. We don't him. like so him. So I did a radio show in Salt Lake City the other day because I was at Wise Guys, which is fun. Love Keith Stubbs. Love that club. Great club. I cannot say enough good things about that guy. Great. He's super nice. Club's great. And uh, and so I did morning radio, and they played clips of my stand-up special, and I was listening to it, and I was going, oh, I don't think I like these jokes anymore. Like, I just, yeah. I heard it, I'm like, oh, I kind of cringed a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, at the time, I was like, yes, this is my A-list stuff, and I'm already hearing it. I'm like... I don't know. I you know I don't yeah. I don't like these anymore. Or I don't like the way I do this. I mean, I listen to. It, I'm like I do this every time after that. I need to slow that down and not do this. And we shouldn't really be. We should take our time. I, there's a you can always but be a improving. Stand up special is 
a snapshot. It is a moment. It is, your, sure. your whole set is going to evolve into the next night. You have to make peace with that at some point and be like, this sure. is this material on this date. Some of it's going to change and grow. And, and be proud of it and on some level and be proud of it no matter what people say. But there are moments where if you read a few of those and you start to feel not good and then you have a set that maybe isn't so good, then you start to feel re- – then it like comes at you in waves where you're like, man, I'm, we're kind of losing some confidence here and that's not good. And you never want to be overconfident. You do want to be feeling things, but you know. Yeah, we'll lose that confidence because that we, we have to trust ourselves that we can come up with funny things. Yeah, it's uh, it's shark criticism, which is not that it's mean and attacks you, but it comes in waves. Ah, Come on, guys, uh, guys, we got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> Sharknado. Sharknado two. Shark. Oh, Sharknado. No, there was a th- there's a movie that we were just talking. About. Uh, Jose, Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco is in a movie. I don't know if it's going to come out called No called Piranha Sharks. So you would think that what they would do is genetically engineer sharks to no, be piranhas to be as big as, to as big as sharks to get like giant piranhas. No. I think it's piranha, piranha. And so they actually went the other way and genetically engineered sharks to be the size of piranha. Well, piranhas. but pir- but then piranhas are already they're already kind of shark like in some ways. But you took the one thing about sharks that we fear the most: their, <laughs> their size, size their... their quickness, their yeah. ability to like rip intimidate. And you basically just made the you made the piranha make a lateral move. That's right. <laughs> That's just literally you took someone from marketing and put them into like creative services. That's yeah. essentially what you did. PR. They went from marketing, marketing into, into PR. PR. <laughs> and and, and well, I, we were like, that, and I said same same pay grade yeah, too. Same pay grade. I said it was a metaphor. Like for Conseco's balls, like shrunken into a tiny thing and still, and terrorizing, still terrorizing everybody. <laughs> but if that movie is big, yeah, I mean piranha that sharks. has to piranha sharks. I mean, come on, those would be adorable. But adorable. Would be Everyone adorable. would want one, but a they could go through the sewer shark. system and come up through your toilet and I grab mean, you in the old nuts or. <laughs> I, I wonder if there was a debate. <laughs> now this guy says the sharks should be big piranhas, but I'm saying they should be tiny. Shark. Yeah. I'm thinking of the uh, after thing. We can make the little stuffed animals. You know, make them small. Nobody wants which the big was shark bigger, animal. Sharknado or Nemo? So, <laughs> so they already made piranha, but ours is different. It's the same exact thing, except it's a slightly different. But also predatory fish. So it's piranha meets Jaws? No, oh, no, it's no. Jaws, Jaws meets piranha. If you say that again, I'm going to throw you out of this fucking office. Fuck you think you are. How you, dare get you out of here. suggest yeah. big piranha? How would we even do that? <laughs> There's just no a guy way. in a leather jacket standing in the corner. <laughs> get him out of here. Get out of here. Off with the drums, AJ. <laughs> okay, I thought where you were going with that riff was the guy in the leather jacket was playing the shark. Yeah, <laughs> there's a guy. Whoa, the shark! <laughs> or I'm a, a big piranha shark. Every work. shark is in a leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fight the jets. Come yes! on, guys, that's it is. There we go. But uh, I, I, I think it would be more terrifying to have. A bunch of giant piranha, not just one, but a swarm a school, of giant piranha. Yeah, a swarm. Like that, that could you'd see like an aircraft carrier, and then all of a sudden it would just get picked down. Oh yeah, by a thing of piranha, just by eating a giant the, piranha uh, yeah. shark, or a whale. Like you see a whale going through the water, and it's just, it's just a skeleton. It's yeah, just a oh. whale skeleton. That's so. We're gonna make our version. We'll make our version. Yeah, we'll call it shark piranhas. Shark piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not Compete with them. Oh my god. We'll call it shark piranhas. We'll fuck it up. Put we'll the S in there. Or a piranha? Is it piranha, it's piranha. or piranhas? It's piranha. I want to do it wrong. I it, want to know what it is. Is it piranha? <laughs> piranha. A A. Piranha. Is it like peanut? Peanut. Piranhas. No. Yeah. Oh. In your 
your face. In your fucking in face. Your fat face. Stupid in fat <laughs> piranha face. All right? Put that in your piranha tank and chew on it. Right? <laughs> Wait. So I'm supposed to chew on things that are in yeah. the piranha yeah. tank? Yeah. No, in put the it in the tank, tank and chew all over it. I'm going <laughs> to... What? Why wouldn't I just eat it out of the tank? No, I said put it go in, the, in tank. the tank and then chew it out. The guy was like... How am I going to fit in the tank? No, Stop reach your questions. hand in. Reach your hand No, I really want to try and understand no. the mechanics Chew this. it up in the tank. I, he knows what I mean. No. Put I, your how face am I supposed to breathe? Tank. Am I supposed to eat it underwater? Yes, you put your hands on the side okay, and you dunk question, your face question. Am I retrieving this from it and then eating it? No, you're chewing it inside the tank. Chew it in the tank. This fucking guy. Are there other... Chew it in the tank and shut up. Sorry, I just don't understand... Hey, wait a minute. I recognize you guys. Weren't you the sharks from <laughs> Piranha Shark? You see, you recognize the leather jacket? <laughs> Watch the leather. Watch the leather. <laughs> it's just silliness. It is just pure gaggery when we get together. And gaggery. I, I, I goddamn love it. I, uh, I love so, it. so the Netflix special is out? Yes. It's out and it's on iTunes, too. I mean, if you have Netflix, watch it. Don't watch it. Write a nasty review. We'll read it. Scarborough <laughs> Country, Scarborough County, Farrell, McKay, anything else? Uh, anything else coming up? We're in Florida at the uh, end of this month, which uh, we're at our first time ever performing in Florida at the West Palm Beach Improv on the 27th and 28th. If people are, if you're in Florida, you listen to this show, please come out. Yes, we need normal Because we need normal people. We need people who don't own samurai swords to come out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't want to see someone barefoot in the, you know, at the club. It's Florida, man. It's Florida, crazy. you never know what's going to happen. It's, so. it's nuts. So yeah, so that and then the bowling show, man. We're so excited. I know it's not going to come out for a while, but... Uh, 20, yeah, 2015. So I, I think the plan is to try to shoot them in the fall. We'll great. shoot the other seven episodes in the fall because we did the eighth, the eighth one. Which was pilot. really fun. So fun. Oh my God. Turned out great. It was Turned out great. Will be really fun. I think fans of what we, what we do, fans of what you do. And fans of what the internet show is. I, I love I the internet show. I mean, I was a fan of the internet show, which is always scary to step into something that you already loved. I'm like, I already love the way this is put together, but to convert it, you know, for it to go to another level and go to a different format, you do need something that kind of glues it all together. Did it, do you know what we're going to do for the show? Mm-hmm. Is that we're not, I think we're going to build two lanes oh, yeah. in a studio it's for, great. so that we can control the shooting environment. I think that's the best idea because there was some angle. I love the Roosevelt where we did it. I just, uh, there was some... Well, the spare room, like half, the, like uh, on lane two. You're at the window. You're it's at, the window and, yeah. the t- and it's Hollywood Boulevard right there. And so you, you can't, can't, you can't get in there. You want to be able to shoot this as beautifully I mean, as you can. build the lane to look like what we were in because it was great or something gorgeous. close yeah, the to it. Yeah, gorgeous. But yeah. it's uh, but we need to be able to control the shooting environment and also. I think that's great. Now I need two lanes just so I can just go hang now out. Now you need lanes. Right? As people are waiting for like meetings, it. if you have that anywhere near you, you just have people bowling. I'm just going to be bowling like Nixon. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a spare. Talk to me. <laughs> working on a spare. <laughs> working on a spare. <laughs> that was a uh, reference to the pilot. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Spoil it. Luke is uh, Darth Vader's son. Whoa, Spoiler Why did alert. you do that? Spoilers. That was the best tweet you ever. That that I, I'm going to give Randy credit. The best Instagram tweet you saw, like a Subaru, a souped up Subaru with a spoiler on the black on the back, and Randy. Oh, I just was. All I wrote was spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for those who saw it, their day was ruined. Everybody, everybody who saw that was really upset uh, that they had to see it. Terrible. Uh, that's fantastic. That was a you know, good every once in a while, there's just, just the just perfect thing. joke yeah. for the perfect situation. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I may I feel like I may have had one of those yesterday. What was it? What was it? it was on Reddit. I posted in something. And the first comment was, "Did you bang Jenny McCarthy?" Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "No, she was really against injections." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. And I, I just, there I, it is. I felt real good about it. Yeah, Maybe yeah, too good. No, that, you should feel good about you, that. You, you earned it. Basically, you met a piranha with a shark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they came at you with a piranha, and you're like, I see your piranha, and I'm gonna I'll meet you, you with a shark. I, I feel like it, it did well because the first reply to that was basically a gif of a guy clapping, uh, clapping. Yeah, you got clapping. it. You yeah. did it. Yeah. So this I got a gif response from the internet. From the internet. So that's I a know gift. We call yeah, that a, a gift, gift in life. Well, it's some a, people call it. A gift, yeah, but I call a it a gift, gift with a hard G. You you received a gift. What is it? It's GIF, though. Well, oh, depending we on uh, Ooh. now the uh, Wilhite, the programmer who invented the file format, believes that it's a GIF. Okay, I happen to like the hard G because we don't say gigabyte, we say mm-hmm. gigabyte, gigabyte, right? And I like a hard G before a short vowel. And so GIF uh, is peanut butter. I By like, the way, yeah, like, like, well, like choosy mothers do choose GIF. Yeah, they do. They don't choose GIF. They do not choose GIF. No, they don't choose it. Which, again, I mean, this is such an old commercial, but the idea of the uh, uh, the Reese's peanut butter cups, the guy who goes to a movie theater <laughs> with his own jar of peanut butter, sure. Open. the guy in the balcony <laughs> drops it down. But, like, how many times have you been at the movie theater and just seen somebody <laughs> no Scoo- utensils scooping, <laughs> scooping peanut butter <laughs> into like, their gaping peanut like butter mug? And just like, the sound of, like, chapped lips <laughs> yeah. trying to make sense now, of peanut butter. Now, at that very same <laughs> Time, there's a guy above him. That guy's distracted. Bustling he fought with his around. wife. Yes. He's had a rough day. He stood up and it just. The <laughs> only thing he's going to have for this day is getting that chocolate yes. out of that thing. And that generic just, chocolate and brick it flies. flies out of his hand. And, and then the guy who's like a bear eating yeah. it at a campsite, yeah. scooping it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on top of that. How soft is that? I've you know, I, you know, that, that my biggest penetrate the peanut butter I feel at like all. The biggest. Well, even before we get to that point, <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> He's scooping up the peanut like yeah. that. How did he sneak the picnic basket past? Yeah, that was the number usher. one. And that number was... two, he also is as incredulous as the guy who dropped it. So the guy who dropped it says, "The the your 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 your." Your chocolate's chocolate in my, my peanut butter. Your peanut butter is on my chocolate. chocolate. But the fact that the guy who received from the heavens a chocolate bar that went into his <laughs> peanut butter, he's eating peanut butter with my his My first hand. thought is just eat it. Just well, continue. My, that's I've a fucking That's drop. a fucking gif. I've never... <laughs> <laughs> I say Peter Payne, and then I and then I go to the hospital. Uh, but it, it, I've never been eating something and had someone else drop their half-eaten food into it and thought, "I can't wait to put this concoction in my mouth." It is half-eaten. I cannot wait. It is half-eaten. That's it. Is half-eaten. Or maybe he doesn't eat it. Maybe he just breaks it off. He just breaks it off. Yeah. Some off a little something. Something. Breaks I feel like off. we should try to recreate that stunt to see if I think the chocolate you could do does, it a hundred times and, and it will never, never fall into it. In a million I could. Years. Literally, just shoot the the peanut butter jar and keep like the clearance. On you the could top get one Chris inch. Paul, yes, yes, to just be lobbing. He would not be, be able a, to do it. He, he the would, only basketball reference I know, lobbing, lobbing. but I guess he's pretty Lob good at City. free throws. Yeah, he's good at lobbing, free throws and good at passing because he's good at everything. Right? He's like good the player everything. of the CP3. He's yeah, CP three, and he could drop and a big bowler too. He's a big bowler. I think we'll try to get him on the show. We should. Him He's and Blake very Griffin. nice. Blake Griffin's hilarious. Blake's the two great. Of them, the two of them would be fun. Would be Together. Fantastic. Yeah, you would never be able to recreate the peanut butter stuff. No. Never. I don't think you could do it 100 out of 100 times. No. Nope. 
Donald, Donald's turning. He's like, I don't want chocolate in my peanut butter. <laughs> no, he's like, you can have chocolate. Just, just don't, don't put it, it don't, in my peanut butter. Don't bring it to my stadium. You got your <laughs> shark in my piranha. That's yeah, right. you got your piranha in my shark. Too Let me eat this. Is. It's eating my face. <laughs> I shouldn't have used the peanut butter chocolate paradigm. A lot of bears have died that way. Yeah, But true. at least they can wipe their ass with Charmin toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've been trying to make that a bit about Charmin, the Charmin bears, for three years. I don't think it's a biddable. Never <laughs> able to. But I get so freaked out mm-hmm. to see giant anthropomorphic bears mm-hmm. wiping their assholes mm-hmm. in a forest. Yeah. With. G- orgasmically. With, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're happy. They're and so static. I looked them up. I looked up the Charmin bears on the Charmin site. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they all have names. There's an entire bear family, mm-hmm. and the bear kids have names like Ashley and Dylan, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley and Dylan is too real. That's just too <laughs> yeah. That's just way too real. I mean, like, uh, Ashley and Dylan is like, you, you, I want to know what's going on. I want to know if they're doing gymnastics. Like, uh, yeah, Ashley, Dylan's got a learning disability, but he's getting, <laughs> getting past it. Guys, but he's... <laughs> He's getting, he's getting better with thought, making eye contact in yeah. social situations. He's, he's starting nice. to read social he cues a lot. He doesn't have better. Asperger's per se, but we just have to coach he's him He's on the bit. line a little yes. bit now. Asperger's. But Asperger's. Oh, no. Well, you're always yes. thinking. Yeah, like you're always thinking. Don't apologize. <laughs> they have good. a cat named Holden. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, in the hamper. Oh, my God. He's in the hamper. He's got a shirt on, and his arms are out in the shirt. <laughs> like, he's a kid who's never done anything great in his life, but for the first time, he's done something well, and you're really proud of him. So what's your dad doing right now? Uh, he's dying. It's on his back. He's dying a horse. It's on his back. <laughs> Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Mew. Mew. Now you have to sign the guest book? Let's sign, sign it. Sign it. That was great. Piranha Sharks, they're coming for you. <laughs> Michael McDonald did the theme song? Piranha Sharks, they're <laughs> coming for you. You don't know me, but I'm your brown. Randy and I were saying that. Piranha Sharks, and there's more than a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, Piranha I, I am that dead in this living ocean. <laughs> we, we should be big piranha, but we're very tiny sharks. This is it. <laughs> I will eat your face off. Make no mistake, you're a shark. This is it. Your fence to the corner. This is it. All right, so we, Randy and I have a theory that at the time... Um, Michael McDonald was uh, the Nate dog of his time. <laughs> he come on, come sing back. one line in the one back. Term, one term, one time. One time, and he was out. Two Nate dog. And he would make it gold. He well, that's the, that's, that's the SCTV that's sketch. That's the Rick Moranis sketch. I mean, but it was, I mean, it's perfect. You look at, I mean, I, I just got a record player. Are we still on? Are we still? Sure. All right. I just got a record player and uh, I've been amassing, amassing vinyl that I love. And so immediately I got like six Steely Dan albums and so he does, he's on Steely Dan. He's on Kenny Loggins. He's over here. He's doing that. I mean, it was amazing. He was just this guy that everybody was like, we're going to him. Because his fucking voice just cuts through everything. Uh, I just think. And then there was like a weird period of time where there was, like Michael McDonald, there was like Jeffrey Osborne and James Ingram. On the wings of love. Only the two The only way to fly. On the wings of love. And then that guy with just once. Can we find a way? 
terrible. Bring the magic last one more. By the way, I was like, <laughs> I love it. Just one night. Just like, I'd like to hear the bad takes where he tries to go <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, just like the cat can missing we the counter. Just once, can we find a way to find a way? Let's run that back again, okay? Right, we're going to do that one more time. And the guy, the engineer who is like has to suck up to him, he's like, Okay, I like that. Great. We, got, we have we that. Have, <laughs> we have one that way. We have one okay, that so way. You know, like you're saying in the song, we have to find a way to make finally this uh, right. That's right. right. No, no, and it's great. Tight. We're gonna get it, and I already feel like we have it, but let's try one who's more. Who's the who's the is it is it Carl Lewis that sings the national anthem? Yeah. And yeah, like well, and, where, where he goes, uh oh. Uh oh. I'll a, get you back. He says, I'll, I'll get, get it you back. back. And the rocket's red glare. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'll get you back. I'll get you back. Get anytime back. someone says, I'm going to get you back in the middle of the national anthem, they will, under they no circumstances, get you back. Poor guy. Didn't he try? Like, didn't he? He tried a first pitch and threw it into the ground. He tried to run for, like, off senator in New Jersey and lost. And then Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'll get you back. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you will not. No, you won't. It's just to understand what you do. You run fast. Legally, can we put that at the end of the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. You could. It's a YouTube clip. You can find it on YouTube. It's like a newsy clip. Like it yeah. happened. It's an event. It happened. Uh oh. Oh, and he's just singing the national anthem, which you can play that. And the rock Just James. In, I'd love to see just James Ingram and Jeffrey Osborne, two guys who were the exact same lane. They were. Well, in it was the, Anita Baker and uh, Anita Baker and. Uh, Patty Labelle, Anita Baker versus Patty Labelle, and and then you had James Ingram and uh, and just once. Every time you leave, <laughs> I keep forget I'm not a shark anymore. Keep forget we could do this for hours. I will never be the same again. Keep forget <laughs> I will make this song. <laughs> he's good. He's good. You actually Harvey has a good voice. Harvey, you have a great voice. I let's, have a Mike let's be McDonald's honest. Voice. You do have a McDonald's good voice. I've heard like stuff that you recorded on on albums that have played on like Comedy Central Radio or whatnot, and it is oh, guys, you actually have a voice. good voice. Cut it out. But I appreciate the compliment. Take <laughs> <laughs> it to my grave. I don't know what you're doing, Randy. I don't but know. He's, uh, <laughs> I just got a tree. Like, look back. Are you trying to play it? Did you find it? Oh, okay. You might as well just for fun. It's Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis National Anthem. You won't even be a get Anthem out, and it's there it is. I think Chris Jericho's out there. Hey, Jericho. Yeah, yeah, bring him in for a sec. Special last minute. Chris Jer- surprise Chris Jericho at the end of the Squire Brothers podcast. <laughs> Jericho, Squire Brothers. We're going through Jeffrey Osborne. We're going through Michael McDonald. We're going through. We're talking about the. If there, if there was some James Ingram, I would have been in here. James Ingram and Jeffrey Osborne were in the same fucking. I didn't hear a word that you said. I swear to God, I just James had to say James Ingram. <laughs> Which is amazing. I gave my home, but I think mom <laughs> may have been too much. Here we are back where we were before. Seems nothing ever changes. So Jericho doesn't know the words. Who's the nerd now? Yeah. Wow. Who's the nerd? Just was. Can Chris Jericho learn the words? 
true. The only thing about James Ingram is I think he wrote PYT on the Thriller record. Did he write that? I think so. Did he? Did he? Okay, there you go. That's my James. Anybody can listen to those songs. Where did you come from, baby? Yeah. See, I know. PYT. Do you have? We're gonna listen. We're gonna just quickly just revisit the Carl Lewis singing the national anthem clip. Have you ever heard it? I've seen it. That was a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah. And then I have a Carl Lewis point to make once we revisit. Okay, great. Steal one of your waters. Please take. Thank you. That's never a good sign. You're, you're not. <laughs> you are not. Oh, Way too long. <laughs> and he was. He definitely like sang it to himself once and was like, "I can do this." I got it. But you don't know what that's. Can you see? He's like, "I got that." Right? I got that. Oh. I'll make up for it now. No, you won't. Oh. Oh. Under no circumstances. No, went down at the end. Yeah. That was it. They cut it up a little bit. I mean, that wasn't even. It, it was Uh-oh. just like Uh-oh. his his voice just went in a million different directions. Like somebody, the Death Star exploded. Yeah, his voice was the Death Star. And Turn the rockets. Did step on a puppy? You know, it's just, do you know like the photos of like guys weightlifting and like that all of a sudden their anus prolapse? No, the, the inside of their anus turns inside out and goes outside of them. That's what his effort. That's what his voice did. His voice anus prolapse. What I was going to say is, uh, did you remember on the Cosby show when they would have random people show up at the door like celebrity, celebrity stunt casting? And Carl Lewis, I believe, was actually yeah, on. Sure. Like, Theo, you got to do your fleas and flies and Homework. <laughs> Hold on a second. Why? It's American Olympic gold medalist Carl Lewis. I was just very honest with Cher. Of course. And it would come Carl and they would give the lesson of the day. I miss those stunt casting days. I yeah. do too. I, I do too. Do. Ricky Gervais did the funniest thing on Extras. The, the funniest thing with that. In Which the, one? In the sitcom within the show that he mm-hmm. was doing, the sitcom that he wrote when Chris Martin from Coldplay came, <laughs> so came on. A, he, there's a studio audience, but it's. So there's studios, but it's taking place in like a, in some workplace or whatever. And Chris Martin comes in, and the studio audience claps, and he just looks up at the studio audience, and like just nods his head, <laughs> just nods his head, and then like goes totally breaking the fourth wall back into the scene. Can I make a point and say that you were the knock on the door? I was. I was. Yes. There it is. And there's the studio audience. And we're out. It's Hold on, guys. Why, oh, it's Chris Jericho. Jericho. He knows about James Ingram. Yes, he does. <laughs> and Jeffrey Osborne. Well, thanks for listening. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.